0: Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. When an old treaty is activated, the Enterprise will have to remove the Federation colonists on an impossible timetable. But when the colonists won't leave, the fate of 15,000 people falls on Data's shoulders.
1: From September 30th, 1989, it's Season 3, Episode 2, The Ensigns of Command, or fucking Colonizers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Cam.
0: That's Dan, and we are not.
1: Our lily white our, our lily white asses are not the the best. Yeah, you're right. Period. I mean, but. we're both
0: reasonably straight white men. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we're of course colonizers. Oh god, I'm so so upset. We're the Met generation, and that's it. That's what we
1: are. That's it. That's what we'll put on your on your tombstone. I'm Cam. <laughs> And that's That'll it. be on your tombstone. I'm Cam. Uh, I'll be next to you, and it'll say with an arrow, "That's Dan." <laughs> we are the math generation, and we'll be buried like that. And uh, you know what? My wife can just sleep, you know, diagonally in our adjoining plots. People will flock
0: re- by the tens. Also, I'm I'm being cremated, so um,
1: <laughs> you know, actually, actually, you're not. Yeah, I'm not going to let you be cremated, Cameron. Why I can do it? Because it's it's, uh, it's just as bad for the environment. It takes so much energy to cremate someone. The best thing to do is just have your corpse chucked in a ditch. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, that's fair. The coyotes yeah. will get fed. The badgers will get fed. The whole ecosystem gets fed. Whatever they don't take will just deteriorate back into the earth. Cotton shroud, if you know people are squeamish about just a dead body floating around. <laughs> <laughs> Buried f- uh, feet first, you
0: know, very small. Not traditional cremation. I want I want you to build a pyre and set me alight. Oh,
1: I will give you a Viking funeral, my friend. Thank you. I will shoot the air, the flaming arrow myself and then I'll get somebody to play uh play the bagpipes and I will word for word, inflection for inflection do the, you know, Star Trek two speech.
0: <laughs> and my spirit will be hovering, crying. mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm. But it'll be born again on the Genesis planet, so it's fine. Yeah, totally fine. What a weird retcon.
0: <laughs> Truly. <laughs> One of the strangest. Oh, okay, here's this fucking thing. On Stardate Unknown.
1: <gasps>
0: I know. The Enterprise <gasps> receives an automated message from the animatic Celiac. Remove the human planet. Remove the humans on the planet, Tau Signe Five in four days. The Shiliac are a non-humanoid species with little regard for human life and would exterminate any humans found in their path. Same, right? Their message is only due to their obligation under a treaty with the Federation to notify their intention to colonize before taking further action. There is no record of a Federation colony being sent there and as the planet contains hyperonic radiation lethal to humans, it doesn't explain why the Sheliac are such assholes. The Enterprise arrives in the system to find what looks like a small colony on the surface. Data takes a shuttlecraft to the planet as he would not be harmed by hyperonic radiation. To coordinate an evacuation, once he arrives, he finds that the sensor readings are incorrect. He is informed by local greeters named Haratath and Kentor that it is a colony of 15,253 people. The descendants of a wayward colony ship, the Artemis, launched 92 years prior. The colonists' ancestors found a means to survive within the radiation, but initially suffered heavy losses of life. Although it would normally be a simple matter of beaming the colonists off the planet, hyperonic radiation renders transporters useless. Because plot devices. A complete evacuation of the planet would take an estimated three weeks, and the Shiliac are not willing to give the Federation any extra time beyond the three days required by the treaty. After explaining the situation and being rebuffed by the colony's leader, Goshevan Data is befriended by a sympathetic colonist named Adrian Ardrian Ardrian Ar- Adrian. 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 Adrian Brody. Moving on. A- by Adrian Brody, played by Eileen Seeley. She expresses interest in Data as an android and invites her him to her home, where they discuss ways to persuade the colonists to evacuate. Adrian kisses Data, hot. When Data explains to the colonists that they should evacuate their world before its imminent destruction, Goshavin, speaking for the colonists, refuses to leave and insists they will protect themselves by fighting. With time running out, Picard and the Enterprise crew begin poring through the 500,000-word treaty in the hopes of finding something they can use to their advantage. Data reasons that if persuasion cannot work, then intimidation through a show of force should be his next option. Modifying his phaser to work in the hyperonic atmosphere, he raids the colonists' aqueduct to prove that they are helpless to defend their livelihood. When Data easily overpowers the colonists guarding the aqueduct, he points out that they can't defend against a single person with a phaser, then they aren't capable of fighting the Sheliak. Who would likely destroy them via orbital bombardment anyway? Data then damages the aqueduct system that is vital, vital to the colonists' survival, convincing them to evacuate the world. Goshavin reluctantly relents. Back on the Enterprise, Picard exploits a loophole in the treaty. He invokes a section calling for third-party arbitration to resolve the dispute and names the Arbiters the Griselas, a species that is in hibernation cycle for another six months. Picard offers the Shiliac a choice. Wait six months for the Grizellas to come out of hibernation, or give the Federation three weeks to evacuate the colony. Stunned at being outmaneuvered in this choice, the Shiliac give the Federation three weeks. Just as Data is about to leave the colony, Adrian comes to say goodbye. She asks Data if he has any feeling over what just happened, and Data says no. He then kisses Adrian, But aside from that, he leaves her coldly, and returns to the Enterprise, <laughs> and so ends the ensigns of command. Ooh, boy, that was a hell of a thing.
1: It was. It was a thing, Cameron. I have to say, back-to-back episodes of Brent Spiner flexing them acting chops. It's
0: true. And he is a remarkable talent.
1: I'd say he's a talent to watch. I think this kid's got a bright future ahead of him.
0: I think so, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Including playing the
1: same character for, like, 40 years. Yeah. But I thought he dies in Nemesis. He does. So then, who's in Picard, Cameron? Is it a dream sequence? I don't know. I haven't watched it. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you. Please don't. I've already had so much of that show spoiled for me. So what? Much. God damn it! Right. It's not it's okay. The, it's the internet, Cameron. They just they just say things at me. I'm like, well, Ugh. I'm sorry. I don't need to know that Jonathan Frakes directed an episode.
0: He, dra- that he directs. That spoils everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's made quite the directing <laughs> career for himself, which is he, smart. He really has.
0: Well, yeah. I mean. He started by directing a couple episodes of TNG. They actually had Mm -hmm. what was called director college where they would send them off for a couple weeks to study and then they would just let them, they would set them free and let them do.
1: You know, if you're on a long running uh, syndicated show, it's a great, it's an easy ask in your contract renegotiation. I want to direct an episode or two and you can uh, build yourself a little, side career directing television that will outlive you know most of your acting honestly Mm -hmm. because it's a little easier to direct in your 60s than it is to act in your 60s or 70s or 80s but then there are people like you know Patrick Stewart who's like I can rest when I'm dead
0: and who's still beautiful even in his late 80s crazy
1: the work's keeping him alive man I know you know he doesn't need the money, so he no. really must like it. He really must want to:
0: It's true i uh I left this purposefully out of the out of the thing, but my my favorite part was the string quartet.
1: mm hmm Which should
0: look yeah. at O'Brien playing the cello?
1: <laughs> I know. I always picked him for more of a viola man.
0: But no, he likes a stand up, piece of wood between his legs, and who God doesn't? Goddamn
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fun. It actually reminded me. This is funny. Uh, it reminded me of the episode of the Orville when they have the guest, uh, the touring symphony that's aboard, and they play "Singing in the Rain," and it's delightful.
0: Oh, of course they do. Because, because my Seth aesthetic McFarlane. is
1: is Seth MacFarlane a lot of the time, <laughs> most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time.
0: No, I agree. He's a good egg, yep. and what a voice!
1: Mm. But uh, yeah, no, that was a fun a fun way to start it, and a fun tie in at the end with Picard. It, overall, the episode's fun. It's, you know, trying to get convince these space Mormons to leave space Utah, which is great.
0: Um, it's a very common theme in Star Trek.
1: Oh, 100%. They're like, hey, there's a religion on Earth that actually thinks all this shit's out there. That's perfect. And we can't talk about Scientology because this is Hollywood, but we can definitely talk about Mormons. And he was like, we have wor- we lost hundreds of people to irrigate the land, to bring up water. I was like, we get it. You're Mormons. Jesus. <laughs> My grandfather's buried up there with his 16, 13-year-old wives. <laughs> eh. Okay, that Ugh. part wasn't in it.
0: but I mean, it was implied.
1: It was implied how else like, did they get
0: fifteen thousand people from a ship
1: right <laughs> i was like man this is and for the first i don't know 10 minutes date is down there it's just a sea of dudes not a not a woman to be seen so i was beginning to suspect and kind of hope that there'd be a clone colony because that would be interesting to me and it's like nope just bad casting <laughs> incredibly bad but this was a good episode was Maybe they're
0: not? at least a pansexual Mormon sect. I mean, they did only leave 100 years ago.
1: Yeah, hopefully they get there by then.
0: I mean, you know, Kirk was almost 100 years ago, and he was
1: well-established. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little-known fact, Captain Kirk, sealed in the Mormon temple. <laughs> to Spock. To Spock. <laughs> Single tear. <laughs>
0: And they had, they legally adopted Bones. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful.
1: <laughs> I'm all of them, both of you. You can't be my dad's. <laughs> sure we can, Bones. <laughs> it's for power of attorney. <laughs> it seems logical.
0: <laughs> uh, I miss them all so much.
1: I do. I think I'm going to rewatch an episode of the original series tomorrow. Proud of you. Mm-hmm. I think I'll watch I think I'll watch Shore leave and just boo it the whole time. <laughs> I think Look at that to... fucking rabbit go hopping away. <laughs> 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 hey, Shit, Jim. am I stoned? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I must have taken the wrong medication.
1: <laughs> uh, it's competing with my heart meds. <laughs>
0: But yeah, it was launched 2274, which was, you know, peak movies. So there you go. Uh, In fact, they'd probably already had the cabin once and then. Stop. Such a beautiful storyline. Stop. Stop. (laughs) Stop. Uh, uh, Anyway.
1: Damn it. What do you love about this episode?
0: (laughs) I actually loved a lot about this episode. I loved... A non-humanoid alien race that doesn't give a fuck about humanity. I thought that was Not refreshing. One lick. I thought that was incredibly refreshing because normally it's other humanoids who just want want our booty and our bounty and more of our booty. Hmm. And they're just like that's what the Ferengi
1: out. are after. They just <laughs> want they want our booty. <laughs> they do, and our bounty, but mostly our booty. They want
0: us to lovingly stroke their ears for eternity.
1: Mm. What? Well, thank you. (laughs)
0: Um, I love that we got to see the new hand phaser, (laughs) which kind of looks like a TV remote. And I love that we got to see um, Picard doing what he does best, which is outsmarting and outmaneuvering, even if it's just silly political wording. (laughs) And, yeah, I loved that. I also loved Brent Spiner, as I always do. His performance was great. Um, I loved Granger Hines' performance. He was not pleased, but I thought it was great. Yeah. And I once again loved our dear Melinda M. Snodgrass's dialogue.
1: Absolutely. Great episode from Ms. Snodgrass. She's knocking them out of the park, Daniel. What did you love? Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the conflict mirroring the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I really appreciated seeing a multi-generational struggle where it's like, this. you are asking people to leave the only home they've ever known for an unknown entity. That's a difficult thing. Um, it really is. I, I, I appreciated... I liked the hand-waving of, well, only data can go down there because radiation. I didn't love the hand-waving of, well, they figured out a way to survive the radiation, so they're fine. (laughs) I was like, make it a two-way street. Make it an android race or something. I don't know. Anyways, I really enjoyed watching Picard try and outmaneuver a very litigious and strict alien race. One thing I adored and I am shocked that you didn't bring up was the Sheliac ship model. The model of their colony ship was gorgeous. Yeah, it was pretty good. Also, the painted backdrop for the main set down on the planet's surface, stunning. Their production values have gone up considerably. In this third season. It's true. And it looks like a different show. The camera work, the lighting, and the camera quality, like they are using a higher quality camera. Um the show looks drastically better. And it does having a good. true A story and a B story that complement each other so well. I mean, they're they're the same thread, but to have have them working in tandem so perfectly. It makes it an enjoyable episode where you never feel like, oh, and now we're going to go over to Data learning a lesson about being human or Wesley learning a lesson about girls or somebody learning a lesson about something fucking stupid. (laughs) I don't need lessons. I need moral quandary. And this this got me there. It did get you there. And Deanna was helpful. She was. She was helpful in the last episode, too. I know. Not super helpful in the last episode. She was like, she was there. But this one, she was was helpful in understanding (laughs) what was going on and strategizing and trying to take out these alien bastards.
0: Yep. With that uneven green dress,
1: she is knocking them out of the park. That she is, Cameron. That she is.
0: A little bit of gossip. Apparently... Melinda intended to be intended to use a snoot, uh, a snootonym, a <laughs> pseudonym, a snootonym is in Dr. Seuss's world, in case you were wondering, um, Thank you. You, <laughs> the pseudonym HB Savage, because uh, showrunner Michael Wagner did a bunch of rewrites that she didn't think she would like. And then after she saw it, she was like, oh, OK, mm. and was able to, you know, make peace. And so they used her real name. Uh,
1: you but know. you
0: can tell because of the dialogue also apparently the Dalai Lama stopped by what when they were filming this episode <laughs> apparently I How
1: can't confirm s- stop recording for the Dalai Lama just be like hold up guys hold up his holiness is here so take five
0: <laughs> yeah apparently he took photos with Brent Spiner
1: hmm <laughs> So when the next Dalai Lama is born, are they just going to set out like figurines of the TNG cast and the child will have to touch Brent Spiner to prove that they're the next Dalai Lama? He'll have to touch the data doll.
0: (laughs) Could be. Although I don't think you should say children touching data dolls ever again.
1: Children touching data dolls.
0: (laughs) God damn it, Daniel. Um... The other nice thing was that the uh, shuttle was named Onizuka, which was named for Allison Onizuka, who was killed in the Challenger.
1: Oh.
0: That's nice. Yeah. God, what a tragedy. But it wasn't all Melinda M. Snodgrass dialogue, was it?
1: (laughs) Ooh, thank you for doing the it wasn't all. Um, No, Cameron, it certainly wasn't. And chief among my concerns? Yeah. Poor, poor Tiana and her just aggressive camel toe. This whole episode. Like, that jumpsuit looks uncomfortable on the ribs, uncomfortable on the waist, and is riding so high up You can see her diaphragm. It is Yeah. It is a crime against humanity that they like presented her with that suit and were like, figure it out. Shove it all in there.
0: This is the one with the corset built in and that did not involve any undergarments.
1: It is very evident (laughs) when you look at it that it is a corseted garmentless thing
0: (laughs) creator of the moose knuckle
1: it is so bad (laughs) yeah i feel i feel bad for her when i'm watching that i'm like oh honey they made you perform in that they made you walk around set and uh yeah it's it's not great it's not great at all not great I mean the the design of the aliens is literally somebody in a sparkly sleeping bag just like sticking their hands out trying to look like Oogie Boogie from The Nightmare Before Christmas but it's they had the, they had the money for incredible modeling for this other ship But they didn't have the money to get the girl a damn thong. Like, just... (laughs) I... It's unacceptable. And if I was Miss Certez, I would be... I would be livid. And she was. I'm sure.
0: It also has the uneven cleavage box, which Mm. she has gone on record saying that she hated, but you know it's like just it's uneven and we're not sure why it's it's like a looks like the tailor fucked up but um (laughs) i hear you we also
1: have some weird additional um voiceover from Riker in the beginning when his back is to camera the whole time and it is clearly post audio that they've added to give us a little extra description of what's going on yep yep uh just so Riker. Just Riker yeah, walking. Just just Riker's gonna Rike. Uh that's it's not stellar. Um really isn't great. No, not amazing. Uh I also don't appreciate that we have to I, I don't appreciate that the entirety of this episode hinges upon a a treaty from a hundred years ago. Like that's kind of crazy. Like we consider treaties from a hundred years ago, a suggestion at this point. I mean, let's think about how much we're, you know, adhering to the treaty of Versailles, how much we even adhere to our own war powers act. Like, I doubt that, I appreciate thinking that the Federation is noble in intent and would try to honor its treaties as best it can, but if you haven't heard from somebody in a hundred years and then they show up to execute on this treaty, I'm just saying, build better contracts, Federation. If you don't execute on your option within a hundred years, you don't get it. Period. You just don't. You just don't know. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) You just don't.
0: Nope. Mm Mm-mm. Fuck your territory.
1: No, you had time. You had time to do something with it and you didn't. So now it's now it's fair game again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was kind of silly. Overall, it's a really well constructed episode. Like it's it's enjoyable. We have two fronts happening at the same time. I appreciate that they found a way to talk about data's humanity that didn't feel trite. Like meeting someone who was genuinely excited and interested in him instead of being afraid. That was a refreshing change of pace. It really was. I mean, I just, I don't have that
0: many things that I hate about this episode.
1: I don't think I really hate anything about it, honestly. It's just not, it's not flawless. It's not perfect, but it is, it is very good and enjoyable. And these uniforms just look better and better with each episode. They do. They're fantastic. Mm -hmm.
0: I think you might even have gotten to see the first Picard maneuver this episode.
1: I did also really like him casually walking over to the plaque.
0: Yeah, for the USS Enterprise
1: that's on the bridge like swiping the dust off. And I'm like, hold up. Everything is glass and upholstery, but there's one random brass plaque. <laughs> no. <laughs> every ship has one, Dan. Every ship? Yes. Every ship.
0: In fact, every ship has had one. The original Enterprise had one in about the same spot on the bridge. The Enterprise A had one. The Excelsior had one pretty much every ship that you've seen has has a dedication plaque
1: That's brass? Yes. That just seems unnecessary and unfuturistic and I don't appreciate your anti-science mind. <laughs>
0: My anti-science
1: mind. Cameron, don't come at me with your vaccines and your <laughs> solar power and your other crazy hooey. <laughs> I don't need I it. I don't oh want it.
0: God, I can't do this two episodes in a row. Please don't do you this can't? to
1: me. You don't no. want me to do this. You don't. I, you don't like my shtick <laughs> where I pretend to be a super ignorant science hating schmuck. I don't. This time I'm not doing it with the boomer voice though. This is different. This is like <laughs> young, new aged. Everything can be cured with essential oils. Voice. <sighs>
0: I know, but I just... Cameron,
1: Cameron, you don't need to take any pain medication. I know you just had your spleen removed, but if you just have some clove oil and put it behind your ears, you can literally not feel pain. I have hot coals in my shoes right now, and I don't feel it. (laughs) So, quotes?
0: Yep, please, before I burst into tears. (laughs) (laughs) Laughter through tears is my favorite emotion.
1: The best quote of the goddamn thing is right (laughs) at the top. It sure is. You enjoyed that. You're damned right.
0: (laughs) Motherfucker. (laughs) Gentlemen, we're giving you an assignment. The one thing we don't want to hear is that it's impossible.
1: I need the transporters to function, despite the hyperotic radiation. Yeah, but that's imp. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. He wants the impossible. That's the short definition of captain.
0: You know, your journey's getting better and better. It's really growing on me. I was really willing to stay here and die for this. I don't know what the fuck that was, but I guess we're keeping it.
1: I know that. <laughs> this is just a thing. And things can be replaced, lives cannot. Uh? Uh? <laughs> Are you going to continue dataing? I can data until I can't data no more. Consider <laughs> me an Ethernet cable. <laughs> that was the stun setting. This is not. Among humans, a kiss usually serves to seal a friendship or indicate support, attraction, affection. In this context, I must assume that your intention was to express support. You don't really
0: understand human behavior, do you?
1: That is something of an understatement.
0: I mean... Sure, kissing for support, right? That that happens.
1: That's what we do all the time. I tell Courtney not to be weird about it. <laughs> it's just for support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the rubbing our nethers together is not.
1: I'm just trying to support his penis. Mm. <laughs> I'm just supporting his <laughs> nipples. I'm just supporting the nape of his neck. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hello, Dolly. Oh, damn it. This is you. (laughs) This is all you. We are stranded on a planet. We have no language in common. But I want to teach you. She holds up a tea glass. Smarith. What did I just say? Uh cup. Glass. Are you sure? I may have meant liquid, clear, brown, hot. We conceptualize the universe in relatively the same way. Point taken. Get word to Goshivin. Tell him
0: I am coming to the pumping station. Tell him I am going to destroy the aqueduct.
1: <laughs> He'll try to stop you. I sincerely hope so. Also, terrible name, Goshevin. His parents are just the worst. They really are. I can reduce
0: this pumping station to a pile of debris, but I trust my point is clear. I am but one android with a single weapon. There are hundreds of Sheliak on the way, and their weapons are far more powerful. They may not offer you a target. They can obliterate you from orbit. You will die, having never seen the faces of your killers. The choice is yours.
1: God, I love that line. You may die never having known the faces of your killers.
0: It's a great line.
1: Never having seen the faces of your killers. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful.
0: You killed him. I've killed no one. I've merely shut down a machine. (laughs) (laughs) Captain, we can do it. We can modify the transporters. Excellent. It'll take 15 years and a research team of 100. Mr. LaForge, I believe we will postpone. Perhaps this is a situation where excessive honesty could be detrimental.
1: Your plane is quite beautiful.
0: Uh, uh, mm. Strictly speaking, sir, it is not my playing. It is precise... It is a precise imitation of the techniques of Jeska Heifetz and Trenka Bronken.
1: There is nothing of data in what I'm hearing. You see, you choose. You chose the violinists. Heifetz and Bronken have radically different styles, different techniques, and yet you combine them successfully. I suppose I have learned to be creative sir
0: when necessary
1: mr data i look forward to your next concert captain's log make sure i'm busy when data has his next concert <laughs> okay. such an asshole
0: it was beautiful playing i mean even the even the fake playing by brent
1: spiner was pretty good god bless him captain when the treaty was first negotiated, the Federation sent 372 legal experts. What do we have? The and me.
0: Intelligent converse is impossible. You do not discuss, you jibber.
1: Ugh, okay, boomer.
0: <laughs> Only you would get this excited over a walking calculator. I've done three different Ghoshivans. I don't know who they are. I don't remember.
1: Various different aspects of his personality. I guess. Sir, if I do not succeed, how violent is the Sheliac reaction likely to be?
0: The treaty is the only thing that prevented them from eradicating the colony the moment they discovered it. Ah. Ah is right, Data. Do you believe my suggested course of action should be followed? Of course. In spite of the fact
1: that I am an android. Because of that fact. I don't have any silly prejudice against computers. I like them. Not that any computer we have is half as sophisticated as you are.
0: No, I would say not.
1: All right, give me your fourth version of Goshevin. <laughs>
0: The colony exists because generations gave their lives for it. Many died before we found a way to adapt the radiation. And many more died bringing water to this desert. My grandfather
1: is buried on that (laughs) mountain. Well, who'll be left to bury you?
0: (laughs) Here we stand.
1: Then here you die. You appear to need it. Hot. Hot. All right. You want to be Bev? Well, you said I'm Bev from now on. (laughs) You're Bev. (laughs) Captain, doctor, I am honored by your presence, but may I suggest you attend the second concert? Why, Data? Ensign Ortiz will perform the violin part. My rendition will be less enjoyable. Oh? Although I am technically proficient, according to my fellow performers, I lack... soul. Data. Telling us why you're going to fail before you make the attempt is never wise. But is not honesty always the preferred choice? Excessive honesty can be disastrous, particularly in a commander. Indeed. Knowing your own limitations is one thing. Advertising them to a crew can damage your credibility as a leader. Because you will lose their confidence. And you may begin to believe in those limitations yourself. And thus we set up the entire episode beautifully with our first interaction, which feels superfluous. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how to do network television one hour drama.
0: Indeed. Indeed.
1: Cameron.
0: Yes, Daniel.
1: I came up with the last rating system. What are we going to (laughs) rate this puppy with? (laughs)
0: How many blown-to-high-hell aqueducts would you give this episode?
1: I would give it three and three-quarters blown-to-high-hell aqueducts. I was going to give it four. Oh, that's there so great. Are.
0: There we are. Oh, I had a great time. I, I really like this episode. And it's not one that I remember for some reason, but I think I will from now on.
1: Well, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good one. I, I mean, I remember the, I remember the aqueduct. I'm going to remember the, uh, the celiacs, the little sleeping bag worm guys that kind of <laughs> look like water bears. Absolutely. And hope oh, Ryan play in the cello. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, hey, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back next time with the survivors. We will. Mm-hmm. That's, very... that's the next one.
0: <laughs> nope, the survivors of the human race. All that's left. We'll see who we'll see who's here.
1: It'll just be these two folks and the green dress.
0: <laughs> because of all the shit in it. Well, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it, and that just leaves one last thing for us to do, and that's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but to make it so. Keep
1: on trekking,
0: the enterprise arrives, and the, what are you crunching on?
1: Styrofoam. Fun. Is
0: Styrofoam vegan?
1: Technically, no, because it's made from petroleum, which is made from dinosaur bones. But, you know, it's fine. Yeah, well, you got to do what you got to do. I was just not going to chime in through your whole thing and just (laughs) clip my part out. It's super easy. See, that's considerate noise making. (laughs) Whereas if my phone vibrates right next to the microphone, that's inconsiderate noise making. Do we understand the difference, Cameron? (laughs)
0: I'm editing this episode anyway, asshole, so it's fine.
1: <laughs> How about now? Did it fix it? No. No, it didn't. So I'm guessing is the top dominant like is that is that more of a prominent wave form and the bottom is smaller?
0: No, the bottom is prominent. It's the the right channel.
1: Gosh. Which is strange. Would you say then that it's a power bottom? I would. Just like you. Getting there.
0: Yeah. That'll really help the Fisher. (laughs) Have you named it Eddie
1: Fisher? No, no, no. (laughs) It's Carrie Fisher. Fisher. (laughs)